Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Well, we're recording today in my backyard in Mink Shoals, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, Mink Shoals ain't Munich, but we're going to be talking about Oktoberfest <laughs> beers today. Specifically, this program is all about Oktoberfest beers. Um, of course, we know this year in Munich as well as in West Virginia, there aren't any Oktoberfest, but we're going to be able to find out uh, about the beers that are available in West Virginia. And I think uh, most of you may know that, you know, Oktoberfest did start in Germany and kind of grew out of a public event back in, uh, in 1810, the wedding of uh, Bavarian King Ludwig, and uh, they've been celebrating it pretty much ever since in Munich. So let's talk about the beer styles that you see featured at Oktoberfest. In our current era, what we call Oktoberfest beers today typically fall into one of two or three camps. While all of them originated as Bavarian lagers, they are quite different beers. Tell you what, I'll kick off this history. You know, we started a minute ago, but uh, in the early 1800s, when they started the Oktoberfest, the original beer they were serving there was really a style we call Dunkel Lager today. Dunkel is a dark lager made with the darker toasted malts. You don't see a lot of Dunkel in breweries around West Virginia or mostly anywhere around here today. They tend to be smooth, rich, complex without being overly heavy, and uh, they typically have these brilliant ruby hues. And we may see one today in the beers that we try. We're going to taste a few here in a bit. Uh, But these Munich malts is what they're known for, and uh, that gives them that really ruby red color and that deep red Uh, fuller body. Then by the mid part of the 19th century, the 1800s, things advanced. Malting technologies advanced and uh, grain varieties probably began to be developed. Uh, The Germans began experimenting with making very lightly kilned malts that produced uh, even golden colored beers and certainly much lighter beers. And so in 1841, the Spaten Brewery that's still there today Uh, introduced a lighter colored amber lager made with a combination of traditional darker roasted Munich malt and the newly developed lightly kilned pale malt. Um, This produced a dry amber lager that became the modern Merzen style. It ended up replacing the darker Dunkel beer that had been the Oktoberfest staple. Uh, About 1970, when uh, the Polliner Brewery there in Munich came out with a new style beer, and it was no longer a Merz, and it was made with all the pale malts, so it's a very light-colored beer. Um, and they called it Fest beer, which became now known as a style of, of beer. And then when you go to, by the mid, back, probably by the mid-1990s, uh, the, f- the Fest beers, the light-colored beers, were... Uh, Dominant. They took over. There really, the, there weren't any more Merzen beers or or the amber, really the amber colored uh, lagers anymore. Those were all gone at Oktoberfest, and um, what they were was the fest beers. And till today, that's exactly what we see. So we really have three beer styles in Oktoberfest uh, through the years, and you can kind of see they've gone from darker to lighter. Yeah, that's kind of what beer taste has done in general, though. So I think I'm going to bring on a special guest we have today, uh, Chris Brown from Charleston. 
Chris, you're the vice president of Kanawha Valley Homebrew Club? That's correct. I'm a homebrewer. I've been brewing for about three years. Why I like to have homebrewers on uh, and involve homebrewers with what we're doing is because they're so, uh, typically they study the beer styles and that's somebody that right. really understands that, you know, you've probably made some of these beer styles. Tell me, have you made any oh, of yeah. these uh, lager styles? For sure. I make a lot of lagers, but I actually have my own Oktoberfest going right now. And It'll be ready until the first week of October. Yeah. A little what, bit later than normal schedule, but yeah. What uh, what uh, style is it going to be? That's going to be a Martzen, so okay. the more rich version of a Fest beer. Well, that's what's interesting, you know, and, and Aaron, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of the American brewers still make those darker styles. Right. You know, you go to Germany, you don't find them now. No, they've right. been replaced and, with the Fest beer. But when you go to... You know, here to our breweries, we still use or make a lot of those, uh, uh, you know, those styles that are darker. And we're, the ones we'll see today, I think we're going to see a range of those. And yeah. that's why, you know, we got what we could uh, from our local area here around Charleston, Huntington, Beckley. Okay, so first, we're going to start with um, the Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. It's not local. You know, it comes out of Asheville, North Carolina area. But, hey, um, uh, close enough. Uh, to be kind of local and it's also the one that i could find that for sure was a lighter colored fest beer <laughs> this year you know they make a different recipe like every year but this year they decided they said uh well, we'll taste it here let's okay we're here with the uh, sierra nevada beer we're gonna take a an aroma check and chris go ahead and lead us through this you're the brewer among us i don't i don't get much aroma which that's typical for these styles of it beer is. because <laughs> They don't put, like, the uh, aroma hops in. At the, they're usually at the 60-minute mark, so you're not going to get much aroma off of them. Yeah, you're right. That's I, true. I think they don't emphasize the aroma hops in the Oktoberfest. Right. Aaron, you want It's comment? very light, crisp. Yeah, it's very sessionable. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, easy to drink, definitely. But it, it definitely has flavor, but even though it is a lighter um, Oktoberfest, there's there's a lot of flavor in that. Yeah. Yeah. Very great. Colors orangish slash yellow. Yeah, it's a it's very a, light. A gold that's mm-hmm. tilted a little toward orange, but still quite light. And, and it's except for the no, it's very clear. Yeah, it very is. clear. It's just a haze on my glass uh, from the definitely bready. I feel like yeah, yeah. very bready, toasty. Yeah, not too toasty. I don't know. They said it was made with uh, two row pale malt, so it's right. not mm-hmm. it's very not like a pilsner or anything. Grain. Um, no, but you still get some malt out well, of no, it. No, they it's a mixture because it has a Munich, a little bit of Munich and a little of Vienna in it yeah, as well. Yeah, you're, you're definitely getting the Munich and the toastiness. That's yep. what's coming through right there for sure. Which Vienna's a classic. Yeah, and Vienna for, for sure. The oh, hops Trevor. were Spalter and Spalter Select, which I assume is a related hop. And they used their basic house in-house lager yeast, so they didn't go necessarily and find right. a... Uh, they didn't say what kind, exactly whether it was a Munich lager or what it was derived from, but it's a lager yeast. And Sierra Nevada makes a good bit of lager, so I'm sure it might have been their house lager yeast. Um, but anyway, that's really good. All what, right. What is the ABV on this one? It's 6%. Ah, well, sure. Okay, now uh, <laughs> we're going to move on to the next beer. And I'm gonna, I don't know what order because a lot of these beers, they're in cans. I haven't seen them. Um, there, we have the Peddler beer from Huntington, mm. and uh, they sent us a 
a crowler of theirs and they've been knocking it out of the park with their beers and their lagers have been very good i agree um and so i'm really excited to to try this one from the peddler all right and this now we have the just called oktoberfest from the peddler in huntington west virginia and you can see it's pretty solidly amber so we'll talk about that one here now. Still not a, not a ton of aroma on this one either. All right, to be expected. Right. Way more toasty than the previous beer, the Sierra Nevada. Certainly a darker, warmer color. Mm-hmm. Some caramel. For sure. A little, yep. little, bit, to- little bit of toffee and mm-hmm. way heavier than the other one, too. Not as crushable, I would say. Definitely oh, yeah. not. A lot, a lot heavier. With that being said, it's excellent. And it the <laughs> clarity of it is it's fairly clear, but not brilliant. And right. it's clarity. Um, I and I, you know, let me, I, and I'll throw in a little uh, note on this, and and that's this comes from Jay Fox, the brewer, that uh, due to their COVID situation and them being closed down for a while uh, back, you know, in the spring. I mean, beer things got backed up. They, you know, they ran low on beer. He had to trying to brew a bunch of different styles and get his beer all stocked up, and. Um, so this beer didn't get brewed probably on the schedule that he liked because he likes to um, he likes to brew these um, uh, or let these beers lager for like twelve weeks. Oh his right, lagers. Nice. And this one went about eight weeks. So Instead. that could speak to the difference in the clarity right. of it. Um, I mean, eight weeks is still pretty good. It's like two months, but the three month is more traditional, I'd say. And that's normally what he'd do, but this year he didn't. So let me tell you. Uh, a little bit about this beer, at least from the notes that I have, is um, he didn't use the um, he didn't use the Munich or the Bavarian hops. He used Liberty, which is a I, I think it's a parent or the Bavarian right. hops, but it's an American hop uh, called Liberty, and a lot of people use that in their lagers that are that want to make a, a German style. Um, but um, like a I think I said earlier he used a mixture of uh, Pilsner, Munich, and Vienna malt um, and the eight-week lagering session. So he called it just a pretty straightforward brew process, nothing out of the ordinary. He didn't do any special tweaks, just uh, tried to make a straightforward uh, Meritzen-style Oktoberfest. And like he we achieved s- that. I, I get Yeah, and like we said earlier, this is the kind of American brewers are keeping this darker style, yes. you know, this this one going. Definitely American. It's great. Yeah, and this one is also, there's some bready, breadiness going on with the flavor, for sure. Yeah. That's very nice. I'd enjoy a, a nice, uh, what do they call, liter of this. <laughs> 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 if I was somewhere where I had a liter mm-hmm. cup mug. Yeah, it's got good mouthfeel. That the aftertaste is it's minimum. It's it's delicious. Yeah. So let's move on and do the um oh, we're gonna do bridge brew next. I know it's not a light beer because I've seen the pictures of it this year's. It's gonna be released oh, I should say, let me go back and say uh the um peddler beer is only in draft and it is available at the brewery. And also in limited distribution around the Charleston Huntington market. I know um, some of the bars have already had it. It, it was at uh, Axes and Ales the other day. Oh, nice! And they got it Thursday. So in Charleston, Axes and Ales—that's downtown. And 
Yeah, so apparently they are getting a little bit of it out. I'm sure they probably made a 10-barrel batch or whatever their brew house is. I think it's a 10. Um, so, yeah, they'll have plenty around. for the, It's already now on tap at the brewery, too, of course. So that's one to look for if you're especially in the Charleston-Huntington market. And I imagine it might get out to a few other accounts wherever they tend to sell the Peddler's Beer. All right, let's go to Bridge Brew Works. Bridge um, Brew Works. Do it. Now, they're in Fayetteville. Aaron, you went down there the other day and <laughs> saw did. their operation. I did. First time there, it was a, a really great experience. They've got some fantastic, uh, the beer garden itself, the, there's tons of seating. Yeah. It's a nice little place outside. That place is good vibes outside. I it, love it. Yep, it does. It's It kind of sets off, and it was just beautiful. The sun was setting as I was there. I got to have a nice flight and then picked up this growler. So I did not actually have... The Oktoberfest while I was there because I was saving it for today. today. So, yes, again, I'm glad that it's uh, fresh because, again, today is Monday and I picked it up on Saturday evening. So it held up well. Yeah, it did. That's fine. And uh, let's talk about it. Chris, go ahead. Oh, man. First thing I notice is this is you just taste full grain, man. It's really toasty. Yeah. A lot of grain. It's very floral on the nose. Very floral. It's great. A lot of bread and toast malts for sure. Toasty flavors mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, what would you guess uh, kind of the ratios might be of some of the grains? That what they put in this? Well, again? they don't tell you. Oh, they didn't tell? They're, they're very secretive down at Bridgeport. <laughs> I've asked them many times to divulge a hop, and they won't tell me. Well, yeah. what, what kind of grain you put in this beer? Oh, we can't tell you. It's a, you know, it's a trade secret. It's a so. trade secret. That's they're, cute. They're, they're, they, they like to play it close to the vest, and so they, that's their business, and I love those guys, and they brew great lagers. I mean, they're the ones that really – put West Virginia made lager on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember that Long Point lager, which was a mm-hmm. kind of a export style lager, a German style from Northern Germany. No one else in West Virginia was making lagers really. I mean, not, a, not certainly in any quantity. Yeah. They made that as their number one beer and that's been their best selling beer for many years. And anyway, talk about this one again. And we've, we've kind of said mm-hmm. it's a little bit, it's the darkest one so far it, in color. It, yeah. Having said that, however, even though it's darker in color, I, I feel like it's got a bit of a thinner mouthfeel to it. Okay. Not not that that's a negative thing. You no. just expect it to be a bit, I don't know, heavier, but I'm definitely not getting that. That's a yeah. sign of a I good beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, a sign of a good Meritzen. Meritzen should be like that. They should not be heavy. Uh, yeah, no, it's a definite, it's right. a much thinner mouthfeel. No aftertaste, but strong floral nose. You and said the guest, race, guest ratio. I would say there has to be some sort of caramel malts in here, too, though. That or some kind of darker mm-hmm. Munich or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably some Munich. Sure, surely some Munich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, very give toasty, it that. but it's yeah. so good. Crushable, very clear and clean. Mm-hmm. Right, it is. Yeah, very it is clean. crisp. This yes. one is, you can tell it's probably been lagered a good while, too. I. They, um, they didn't share that either, huh? No, they don't. I'm telling you, they don't. They don't. <laughs> All they do is they do talk about the, uh, you know, it's a medium body. You know, it's a complex malt notes of biscuit, warm bread, and caramel. I agree with it's that. It's 5.6%. It, yeah. Really yeah. nicely drinkable. It, it is. Agreed. I'm, I'm very surprised, or not surprised, I'm very pleasantly surprised <laughs> with it. And glad that I saved it for today's tasting. Yeah. And this beer... Um, it's draft only. They don't can or bottle this beer, and uh, it's they've offered it to distribution. I don't know anything about where it might be distributed, but they do have a distributor out of Charleston, and um, 
they might well be, you might well see this beer in some of the bars around Charleston, Huntington, Parkersburg, and, and maybe other places too. Sometimes I know some people in Morgantown carry uh, Bridge Brew pretty regularly, so we'll have to wait and see. Hey, we got lucky to get it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to beer number four in our uh, in our lineup. In our lineup, and that's going to be from Weathered Ground. Okay. Uh, nice. Aaron from Weathered Ground, Aaron Jane, uh, has this beer named kind of after her initials, AJ, and uh, it's called AJ's Fest Beer. Um, and I think Sam Fonda, the you know the main the head head of brewing i mean even though he doesn't say he's the head brewer uh he is the head of brewing there he says that uh they've tweaked this just a little bit uh from last year's beer and that's something he is known for and i really admire that's acceptable yeah he tweaks beers every time he makes them if he sees just something he wants to improve and that's the process that all good brewers use commercial brewers you just don't stand behind something and right. put it out the same every year this so. is also a bit darker than we expected look at that head now i knew this one was going to be darker from i'd say i'd seen the picture and one of the things i think about this beer is that it's it's got uh, tons of that reddish color which we're going to see here in just right a lots second. of the red deep red Ooh. aj's fest beer from weathered ground brewery in cool ridge west virginia so talk about it, Chris. This is uh, considerably darker than I thought it was going to be, considering the name Fest Beer. But, man, is it good. So good. Um, again, very toasty, bready note right off the bat. It's hit you very hard. But it's so good. It does. It's a uh, mm-hmm. thin uh, body. Yeah, light body. Yeah. Great head retention. I saw you pour that. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was, absolutely, yes. It did pour very well. Dark. And as, as uh, Charles said earlier, a lot of red a lot of red color, but also some darker hues. Red hues in beer usually come from darker malts, so, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I would say that's where a lot of the toastiness comes from, too. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good job, Sam. Yeah, one thing that makes this beer different from the first several we've had is that this malt is something different. It's a more local malt that he uses. He uses Munich malt from Riverbend Malt House in Asheville. Awesome. That's where he gets an awful lot of his malts from. So you it's kind of got local malt. You've got some definite malt flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, more so, I feel like, than the other beers we've tried. I agree. Like yeah. I said, it hits you first thing. Right. And it says he uses slightly more, well, he also uses Pilsner malt. It's a, a mix, almost a 50-50 blend, but he uses slightly more of the Munich malt than he does the Pilsner. So that's an interesting combination, you know, a Pilsner mm-hmm. malt and a Munich malt uh, to, to make this beer and German Magnum hops, so that's typically, Chris, isn't that a bittering hop traditionally? Yes, yeah. Again, and you put that in aroma 60. Hop. Right. Yeah. Um, so this one wouldn't be nearly like we were just talking about. The Bridge Brew was a lot more uh, flowery and aroma. Yep, more uh, floral. More right. floral <clears> and, <throat> and aroma. Where this beer wouldn't be, it was back more it's, to what we were saying earlier, they didn't have a lot of a uh, hop aroma. Right. Def- definitely doesn't, but you definitely get the malt. I don't, and definitely, I don't think i want to say that it's floral there's it's not there there's there's something though underlying but i, would, I, would I think it's, it's caramel well balanced yeah caramel but it's well balanced the the hops they put in does do, uh, do help balance out the malt and it comes out exceptional so mm-hmm. yeah he makes two additions one at the beginning of the boil and one mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. so, nice and nothing light obviously 
Uh, of course, again, it was a German Magnum hops. Uh, primary fermentation at 48 degrees. They use the uh, same lager strain they use in most of their lagers, which is a uh, Weinstefan yeast, which that would be a, a German, German lager yeast. yeast. Yes. Um, gradually raises the temperature to 51 over a couple of days and then lets it rise to 55 and while keeps spunding. it there. Yeah, That's keeps it there cool. for a while. He spuns it, which just means he collects the natural mm -hmm. CO2 rather than let it blow off, and that helps carbonate the beer, in, at least in part. Right. So maybe in total, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, he lagered this for a good while. I don't remember how long. Um, it just says until he thinks it's ready. <laughs> it's a pretty beer. For a pretty it good is while. a very yeah, good beer, yeah. Pretty, pretty good while because it is pretty clear. Yeah, clear yeah, it is. is. Great. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, I mean, it does further say that uh, Saint, this is Sam Fonda again. I'm quoting. He uh, says he makes slight tweaks every year trying to improve the beer. And he's loving it this year. Nice and toasty, nutty flavor, mm -hmm. medium body, mm -hmm. not too sweet, and pretty crisp. And I agree, you know, those things are all accurate. right on. Yes, um, very accurate description. He says the Riverbend River <laughs> Munich malt is a little darker than some of the other Munich malts that they would use, especially the German ones. Yeah. So Which may that, be that might be why the this color. is so darker, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They kill those malts a little more. And like with, I think, all these beers, they're unfiltered, and they just are naturally, they clear up because, hey, they're lagers. Lager. You got a lager that, yeah. Fantastic. Good job, Weathered Ground. Um, let me mention this one. Um, it is available in distribution. It'll be uh, released September 12th at the brewery, and it'll be out in distribution after that. And I do believe it'll be, uh, there'll be cans of it, 16-ounce yeah. cans, as well as draft out. So uh, look for this one, too. For that sure. AJ's Fest Beer from Weathered Ground. Nice. Our next beer will be from... Bad Shepherd Brewing, or excuse me, Bad Shepherd Beer Company, they call that, in Charleston, West Virginia. It's our local brewery here. Matter of fact, the only brewery in Charleston, West Virginia. And Bad Shepherd makes a lot of a big variety of ales. They probably make as many beer styles as about any brewery in the state when it comes down to you know the variations they do. They, they, but... They're not known for their lagers, so yeah. I'm assuming this is a true lager. We're going to find out, and, and we're going to enjoy. Okay, now we're uh, moving on, and we are we do all have the Bad Shepherd Oktoberfest. We do, and from speaking with uh, head brewer uh, Ross Williams, he explained that Hallertau and New Zealand Pacifica hops are what he uses. Um, his base malts are Bohemian Pilsner and also two Amer or I'm sorry American two row malt with Vienna and Munich malts as well. Um, they they changed their recipe up a bit this year because of uh, COVID. Basically, the changes were additions of the Pacifica hops and using a percentage of American two row base malt because they needed to use ingredients that they had on hand. Otherwise, right. they were going to go bad. I was just wondering about that. Why they would put a Pacific hop yeah, in a, in a German hop. beer? Yeah, <laughs> they 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 were trying to make do with ingredients that they had, and yeah. I, I feel like they the result. Good. Yeah, the result. Um, All is, right, let's uh, Chris take it away. I mean, describe what you're seeing first. I, if you would ask, I would never tell you there's a New Zealand hop in this. <laughs> so, I mean, it's well balanced, um, fairly clear. Clarity's great on it. Mm-hmm. Good flavor, toasty. Very toasty. Yeah. Bready. There's, I think it finishes caramel for sure. Mm -hmm. Very drinkable. Mm-hmm. 
it looks like it would uh, be heavy. And I, and I, I have to say, uh, yeah, it's because it's one of the darker that we've had, because um, it is one of the darker colors, it, the, the mouthfeel is, is a bit thicker, but I it doesn't have a, a bad aftertaste or anything like that. It's, it's great, easy yeah. to drink. And like I said, I, I believe it finishes caramel. Yeah, there's a little lingering bitterness, but it, I think it balances well in the end. A bit floral, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's easy drinking though. It's yeah. not heavy. What was the ABV? Uh, it is five point eight percent. Nice. Yeah, so, so right just in, right, right in line. Right the range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right in line. I think. Uh, our first Pacific hop in our Oktoberfest. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it it could be easily drank. Or our uh, New Zealand hop. I mean Pacific. I, I respect well, that. that is he did a good job though, using using the ingredients yeah, that he had. Man. Yeah, that had to be a tough. Mix. Nailed it, though. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. The Bad Shepherd beer, Aaron, also, how is it uh, being packaged or distributed? Do you know? It's just draft only. It's just at the bar they're, they are having, um, from what I understand, a bit of a can shortage um, issue that they're dealing with. And so they, they are not going to package it in cans or bottles, but it will be available in growlers or crowlers at the, mm-hmm. at the brewery itself. Definitely go get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's worth it. Okay. Now our last... West Virginia-made Oktoberfest beer is from Big Timber Brewing in Elkins, West Virginia. This is a beer they've made for several years now, um, maybe pretty much since they've, they've been in business. I can't recall when they exactly started this particular beer, but they don't call theirs Oktoberfest. They call it Forest Fest because Elkins is known for the Forest Festival, and this was always timed, this beer's release was timed to come out at Forest Festival in Elkins, of course, like many festivals, <laughs> forest festivals canceled. canceled too. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. We now all have Forest Fest from Big Timber Brewing. Let's uh, let's talk. Chris, again, you want to talk about what you see there and what you smell? Yeah. Roma? A visual, straight up, darkest one we've had so far out of Absolutely. all these beers. Mm-hmm. Um, again, liking Roma, which is great for the style. It's expected. Flavor, very rich, very malty and toasty, which, like it says on the can, is expected for a Martin beer. <laughs> I think they nailed this one for sure. They, Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. This is really dark. Very rich, but very good. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's extremely clean. Right. It is clean. And that's, the, to me, again, the trademark of a good Meritzen, and I think several of our beers have had that here today, like Bridge Brew especially, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and this beer. Yeah, they're dark and rich, but they're not heavy. Right. They're not cloying. They're not sweet. They're dried out pretty mostly. Definitely. Just, some still some malt flavor mm-hmm. in there, but not sweetness, not the sugary sweetness. No. Right, thing. which is typical of those styles, too. Usually mm-hmm. you bring these down to like a lower final gravity, which in, makes it dry, but you still got all the toastiness, which is a great thing about these beers. Yeah, That's this one is very toasty. There's definitely some floral in this one as well. Not overpowering, just, just enough that you pick up on it. Yeah, and I, I don't know why uh, Matt Kwasniewski uh, didn't tell me the hops they put in this beer, but uh, he didn't. So when I asked him about it, he just sent me the various shortest note um, and pretty much what they have on their website that it's a big, toasty, smooth flavor. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's a secret there as well. Yeah. <laughs> They're in cahoots. Darker than many <laughs> other Oktoberfest yeah. beers, which it, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
widely available in state distribution wise before i forget that it this is probably the most widely distributed of all these oktoberfest beers that are made in west virginia this one you'll find everywhere from kroger's you know and maybe walmart to drug emporium yeah drug emporium mm-hmm. well, well of course a lot of them are at drug emporium yeah but i just mean this one gets a lot of distribution that other west virginia brewers don't get for their right. oktoberfest beers and he'll it, it's also out in 16 ounce cans and four packs and in draft so it it should appear in draft and accounts, bar accounts and restaurant accounts. Now, this one's definitely very easy to drink. Yeah, yeah I, I could crush a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, um, <laughs> you know, I don't pick favorites, but I really like that beer. That's, an, I mean, it's a nice for my palate and everybody's palate. That's why it's so <laughs> good for us to try these and get the range because... Maybe there's things that we can say today in in our taste descriptions that will help somebody say what they want to look for. In an Oktoberfest. Well, yeah, which yeah. one they want to find. If you're in Charleston, you might find any of these, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sure, absolutely. Or and Huntington or Beckley. You might easily find any of these beers. And once we get to the actual photos of each one, as we, of course, the three of us are sitting here looking yeah. at them, um, the listeners, you know, it's a bit uh, harder for you all to see that, but you will see that if you listen to the po- um, podcast. We hope to incorporate the photos, but as far as the pictures go, it's it's pretty much a rainbow of beer. I mean, yeah. it's all, same style, but it would go, in my opinion, if you're going one to ten, one being light, ten being dark, we've got everything from a two- to a nine, I, I think we're missing a, a <laughs> probably the super light, but I think there we've hit every shade in between, and no, none of the beers are the same as the other color-wise. So each one is very different, not only in their color but also their flavor and you know, of course, ingredients. Although we may not know exactly what all of those are, we have a good idea. How would you want to try to sum up uh, the range there that we found today? I would say going from Sierra Nevada, crushable, very, very light, all the way up to the Forest Fest, very dark and rich, and, any, and all the other ones in between. I mean, you can you can also crush those. Everything's great. I've not had a bad beer today. So. Not at all. And yeah. I think a lot of people, especially if you're if you're new into craft beer and maybe you, you haven't tried a lot of things, I think it's a misconception that if you see that a beer is darker in color, it may make you think, oh, it's going to be thick or it's going to be heavy. But, I mean, these are all 6% or under ABV. They're all very easily to, or easy to drink and, and just delicious overall. And don't be turned off by that. You know, try these beers. They're all a little bit different, whether it's floral or bread or, you know, maltiness or toastiness. They all have that little bit of something, and they're all a little different. Yeah, you won't regret any of these uh, I mean, if you're a general beer fan. And uh, you would have a have a good beer with with any of these west virginia ones we tried and i want to mention too there are two other breweries that i was in communication with we couldn't get their beer today some of them haven't had don't have it out and another one i just couldn't get it um but brew keepers in wheeling which is a brewery right in downtown wheeling they put out an Oktoberfest each year and theirs is out it's um one that it's very traditional, Meritzen style, so I would think it would fit in this range that we saw today. They use uh, true German malts, 100% in their beer, um, which is nice. And they use yeah. fully German hops. They use uh, the Herzbrucker hop, uh, nice. mm-hmm. which uh, is another one of those German noble hops. So they're releasing it on, uh, they released it on Wednesday, uh, September 9th and draft only at the brewery 
and also in distribution around the Wheeling region there, wherever uh, brewkeeper beers are sold in some other bars and restaurants around town. Um, the second one we, that's uh, out I, now but we couldn't get was from High Ground Brewing mm-hmm. up in uh, Terra Alta, West Virginia. That's Preston County over near, over near the Maryland border of West Virginia. Those guys have been brewing, like, incredibly good beers. They're about, you know, their brewery's only a year and a half old or something. Yeah, they're doing great. They're doing a great job. They are? They've got one. They come out. They call the Famous Monster Merzen. (laughs) (laughs) Famous Monster. So Famous Monster. I like it. They gave it a name. Yeah. 5.9%, 22 IBUs. So it's like all these beers. They're not very bitter. They don't give you a big bitterness load. You don't. If you aren't into big-time bitter, you you know, you'll like these because they don't tend to be so bitter um uh cream they uh the high ground folks say that beer is clean crisp caramel which again fits the right the description, description. Yeah. and toast which fits the description uh they're all they're canning that beer so i we hopefully see it in cans in in, in the charleston huntington region and uh, also it'll it's out in draft so again that's a uh, famous monster from high ground brewing well, we have just about finished all of our West Virginia Oktoberfest beers, so we're going to wrap this podcast up on West Virginia Beer Roads. Erin, uh, you want to make a final comment on the day? Um, yes. As always, our West Virginia locusts provide wonderful background noise to our Oktoberfest tasting of West Virginia beers, which has been incredible, and the variety has been wonderful. I hope all of our consumers take a listen to what we said as far as advice, and it hopes Hopefully, we'll help them pick whatever beer that they want to buy going forward. All right. Chris Brown from the Canal Valley Homebrew Club. You want to make some final observations here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Aaron. Um, if you're listening, go and li- go and try these beers out. They're great. And I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for being a part of West Virginia Beer Roads. Yeah. All right. So from the backyard in um, Mink Shoals, West Virginia, we're going to sign off here. And cheers to everyone. And Enjoy these Oktoberfest beers from West Virginia Brewery. Cheers. Cheers. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com. 